You are listening to the System Semi Podcast, episode number 276. Today, we're going to be talking about the six cash flow strategies to help you find new money in your business now. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Jordan, and my business love language is efficiency because who doesn't want to sip pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? We're here to help overworked one-woman shows become streamlined solopreneurs. And now with over 150,000 downloads, this is the System Save Me podcast. Hey, y'all. I'm so excited to have this guest come on today because I don't know about you, but I love finding money, even if it's on the street, if it's in the couch, if it's in my washing machine, I don't care where it is. I love to find money. And so today the guest we have is telling us six ways that we can find new money in our business specifically. So get your notepads ready, get ready to really find those amazing, amazing ways that you can get more money, more cash, more moolah into your business. So with that being said, Andrea, how are you doing? today. I am great. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. So before we get all into it, go ahead and tell us a little bit about you and your business. Yes. So my business is called the Cashflow CFO, and we help businesses make predictable profits in their business. We help them manage their cash flow. We help them understand how the money is coming in, what's happening while the money is in their business, and how it's going back out. And hopefully, when it's going back out, we set up systems and processes so it builds that personal wealth and really makes the uh, business a vehicle to fund that life and to get all the good stuff that we work so hard as business owners to have. And so we want to make sure that you're doing this in a way that is going to um, create personal wealth for you. And also your, you know, your business is a vehicle to bring your gifts and talents to the world and serve your customers and your clients. And we want to make sure that it's a win-win for everybody involved. And so that's what we do at the Cashflow CFO is just, we set up the systems and processes to make sure that that happens. I mean, can we get an amen, everybody? Um, (laughs) This is going to be great, super fun. And so again, today we're talking about the six cash flow strategies to help you find new money in your business now. Okay. Not later now. So Andrew, tell us a little bit about where your clients' businesses were or what your clients' businesses looked like before they actually implemented any of these six cash flow strategies. Mm, Okay. So a lot of times we meet these amazing business owners who are doing great stuff in the world and they're busy doing the doing. And so a lot of times they're not keeping good track of the numbers in their business. And so when we meet them where they're at, is they're a little bit like, gosh, sometimes this keeps me up at night worrying about, you know, am I making enough? Am I keeping enough? Am I going to make payroll? Am I going to make, you know, all the things. And so that's where we kind of step in and give them that, peace of mind, that clarity and help them understand their numbers. Yes, I agree. Cause as quickly as money can come in, it also can go out. And so I love that you really explain how people, you know, really 
should be looking at their profit and how important that is. And so I'm excited to take my own notes as you start to walk us through each of these six cash flow strategies. So what is the first one? Yeah, the first one is getting organized. So it's really important for businesses to have an accounting software that is tracking all of the activity that's happening in the business. So that means, you know, our software of choice is QuickBooks Online and linking your bank accounts and your credit card accounts to that software so that every time you're spending money in your business, it's being captured, which creates a system so that you don't miss out on tracking things and which would end up costing you more in taxes because you're not properly recording all of your business expenses. And so what the system does for you is when you link those accounts, it drops in all of the day's transactions into like a holding bucket in the software. And then you go in and you say, you know, oh, this was office supplies. This was a contractor payment. This was rent. And you move all of those into the proper accounts. And then the system does all of the heavy lifting for you. So that's step number one is get organized. And do you want me to just roll through the steps or do you want to chat about each one as we go? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll definitely ask questions where I want some clarification, but yeah, we can just roll through those bad boys. Perfect. All right. So step number two is to make sure that you have your accounts separated. So business, personal. And when businesses are just getting started, there's a lot of gray area of, you know, oh, this is a personal credit card, but I use it for business expenses sometimes. That's fine in the beginning. But as your business matures and as you really start to generate revenue, you want to make sure that you have your accounts split between business and personal. And only the business is linked in that QuickBooks software, for example. And if you do have personal expenses, make sure they get layered in and then the business pays you back. So it's another step of getting organized. And this is where we see a lot of business owners skip this step and then they miss out, like I said in the beginning, on those deductions. So they end up overpaying in taxes because they didn't have all of their um, their steps in place to capture those expenses. So that's kind of like the platform, the basic foundation pieces that you need to have. And then from there, that's where once you know that you're getting your, all your numbers are being recorded, then you can really start to look at a forecast in your business. So you can look at historically what happened, you know, in previous months and previous years and determine what do I think is going to happen now going forward. And so you can perform a cash flow forecast. And what that's going to do is help you to plan all the other pieces that go along with servicing that sale. So it's really important as part of your planning tools and to manage your cash flow is to have an idea of what you expect so that you can be tracking the performance of your business against that. I guess the forecast, or is it something that you like push a button in QuickBooks and it's able to do the forecasting for you? Is this something you have to do in a spreadsheet? Like how do you actually get to be able to see like that future pacing of again, like payments from clients or people in your program, stuff like that. So you can start to make some of those bigger financial decisions. Yeah. So what I would do is, so QuickBooks has a spot where you can enter in the numbers, but it's not going to help you calculate what those numbers should be. So my recommendation is create a Google sheet 
or an Excel sheet, whichever you prefer and layer in. So for example, you know, right now we're at the beginning of a new year. So layer in the last 12 months of revenue month by month, and then look at it and say, okay, in Q1, what do I expect to happen? So for example, you might say, okay, I want to grow my revenue by 10%, 20%, 50%, hundred, whatever that is. Then you'll layer in another row underneath that with the growth number projected. And then you want to add those together because you definitely, you can use last year's numbers as a baseline. And I say that with a little bit of like, usually that's a good way to do it. We had a crazy year last year. So a lot of businesses were affected and that might not be the best like number to use as that, the starting point, but just go with what you think you know, it would have been in normal circumstances if your business was affected by everything that happened in the economy. And then from there, you're going to say, okay, now here's my new revenue, my new goal, for example. And so once you have that revenue goal, then you back into the expenses. Okay. What's it going to take for me to deliver that? So what's my cost of goods sold? That's where my direct labor is That's where if I have any software expenses that are directly, you know, required to deliver my, if you're a service-based business or if you're buying raw materials for a product-based business, that's going to go in your cost of goods section. Then you have your general and administrative expenses, you have your marketing, and then you have your profit. And so you want to split everything out into those big, we call them big buckets in our business. And when we're working with our clients, because it makes it a little bit easier for them to conceptualized, you know, like for example, if you're going to target and they've got a home goods store, let's just make it very broad. And you've got a cleaning supply section. You've got a clothes section. You've got a food section. You've got a budget for each of those sections, each of those departments in the store. And you've got to stay within that budget to get all the things you need to get. So that's really what a forecast is. And then the budget that goes with the forecast trying to keep it pretty like broad and not too detailed, but that's a good general way to start off when you're preparing one for the first time. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I think, you know, COVID and political stuff happening in 2020 and in handling those, you know, unexpected or semi-expected, but as far as like politics, but I think that having an understanding of at least somewhat of a baseline is better than having no idea what your baseline could be when it comes to forecasts. And so I think it is important to not think, oh, well, I don't want to like bank on that future money and whatnot, because, you know, you never know with different things, right? Like restaurants or gyms went, you know, from booming to flatline because they were closed. And so that definitely can happen in some instances and the benefits of us being online business owners for the most part, who's listening, like a lot of us were able to really find a flow with clients and students and stuff like that, because more people were online, but it doesn't mean that you can totally, you know, bank on all of the money coming through because there are, you know, failed payments, delayed payments, all that sort of stuff. So, but that doesn't make forecasting less important. Mm -hmm. So that's what I want to (laughs) say. What's next? Absolutely. So the next tip is to don't mistake profit for cash flow. And once you prepare that cash flow forecast, you list out all of your expenses that you're budgeting for, you're going to have a number that's your profit. So that's going to be, you know, the money that's left. And a lot of times business owners, they will look at their bank balance 
and think that's what they have to spend, as opposed to using that cash flow forecast, that budget to monitor where you're at. So it's really important um, not to look at the bank balances and make that mistake to think that's the money you have available to spend. What you should do instead is use these spreadsheets that you're creating and compare budget versus actual. And so you know, here's what I thought was going to happen. Here's what really happened. And that's going to help you get better. You're building that muscle of your financial muscle of knowing like how to be good at forecasting and how to do your budget better. Every month you're going to see, okay, here's what I thought it was going to be. Here's what it really was. I'm, you know, you close that gap so that you're pretty spot on with your forecast and your budget. And then the money that's left over, you want to make sure that you have money set, set aside for at least two to three months of operating expenses. So, you know, things happened. We all learned the hard way this last year that we need to have a nice amount of money set aside. And so we want to make sure that we put that aside and then what's left over is considered profits. Yes, that is super important. Just because the money is in the bank does not mean that you have the liberty to spend it per se, because, you know, good old taxes and a variety of things. Have you been hearing all the buzz about VIP days or one day virtual intensives and want to create one for your business, but have no idea where to start? Head over to systemsamey.com slash quiz and take our new 60 second quiz to determine what kind of VIP day you should create. You'll get a detailed report with action items and exclusive structuring tips straight from the mouths of successful VIP day business owners. Ready to take back control over your schedule, your energy, and your income? A VIP day might just be the way to do it. Get started today at systemsamey.com slash quiz. One more time, that's systemsamey.com slash quiz. Do you have suggestions around, again, if you just like see money in your bank account and you want to spend it, what are ways that you can alleviate that nudge or that urge to spend the money that you see in the bank account? Is it creating a different bank account? Is it, you know, what are some ways that, that people could uh, create that boundary for themselves? So there's a lot of different ways you can do that. One is I try not to even look at my bank balance. I go by what's in QuickBooks and what, because QuickBooks, like if I write a check, QuickBooks is going to decrease my balance. And it's going to be different. There's a timing difference between when that check clears and when the bank, you know, balance matches what's in QuickBooks. So if you can um, have the fiscal discipline to just look at your software, as opposed to the bank logging into your bank or having the app on your phone and, you know, checking it that way. And then also just be really strategic with it. So for example, if you're looking at your cash flow forecast and your budget, you've got that number at the bottom, that's your profit, that profit bucket, if you will, is where you need to be putting money aside for taxes, reinvesting into the business. If you know, you want to redo your website or you want to redo, you know, or you want to invest in a coaching program or something like that. That's where, you know, all of that is going to come out of that profit bucket in addition to the distributions that you, the owner are taking. So if it helps you to create separate bank accounts and move that money over, that's fine. And there's some, you know, other business people that talk about doing that and having multiple bank accounts. As an accountant, I caution, don't open accounts just to open an account and incur, you know, a $30 a month bank fee. 
or, you know, cause that adds up and that's eating up your cash right there too. So if you can get like a credit union or something where the account is free, by all means, open as many as you need and move that money aside. So you're, it's, you're not tempted by it, but don't do it just for the sake of doing it and then be wasting money on fees and different things like that by having so many accounts opened. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. You don't really think about those little fees, but they do add up, which is important yeah. to keep on your radar for sure. And so what else? Any other tips, tricks, all the things? Yeah, I would, um, you know, just some other things to secure your cash flow is to make sure that you're making it really easy for your customers to pay you. So how are you, we call it greasing the wheel. How are you providing the easiest way for them to pay you the fastest way. So if you're using QuickBooks online, you can send an invoice, they can click pay and they can process an ACH. They can process a credit card or a debit card payment. And you get that money within, you know, 24 hours into your account or, you know, depending on the other platforms you might be using, you have payment links, things that you send out, whatever it is, it's, you know, totally fine to have the different types of payments, the way you accept payments, but just make it really easy. As few steps as possible for your clients to pay you is best. And if you have any type of a reoccurring revenue model, then set it up so it's on auto pay so that the clients don't have to stop what they're doing, pay an invoice, pull out their credit card, pull out their debit. You know what I mean? So you just want to make it as easy as possible to keep that cash flow coming in and your clients will appreciate that more too. Amen. I'm a big fan of auto pull from a client perspective and from a business owner perspective. Like if I can just put my card in once and then you, Mm -hmm. you know, do what you need to do on your side, then have at it because that's one less, you know, to do on my plate one less to do on your plate and everybody can go home happy. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And then the other thing I would suggest or recommend is having a business line of credit. So a business line of credit is access to capital. You don't have to use it if you don't need it. You don't have to pay. You don't pay fees on it if you don't use it, but it's always there. And it's a really good safety net to have for businesses. You know, somebody's late paying an invoice and you don't want it to affect all of your cash flow. You're, you know, it's like a, a domino effect if you've got it where you're waiting on payment from somebody and it's causing all these other ripple effects in your business. So have that line of credit on hand for those times and then use it and pay it down the next month. Don't use it as a credit card. Don't use it as you know part of operating your business. It's truly only there for that quick little inject cash, but you know you're going to pay it back the next month. So that's something that's really good. And most business owners don't think about having one. They think like, oh, I have to be a really big business to have that. And no, you actually want to start, you know, wherever you are at in your business, get a line of credit now because you're also building business credit for when you really need it down the road. Yeah, that is such a good point. And I know that I've used uh, PayPal and their smart loans and, you know, gotten a good chunk before like a big launch and, It's helped with like marketing costs and all of that. And then literally I'm able to pay it off the next month because it was for a launch and the launch made money. And so then it just, it really allows for that expansion when you need it. And then it makes it again, building that business credit has been something that has been at the forefront for me. And I didn't really like focus on that too much until the probably the past year of business, but it's made a big difference for sure. 
Yeah. And so what are some tools that you enjoy using in your business for either the financial side or just tools that you love using in your business in general? Let's see. We use all kinds of tools because we're all online. So we use, I've mentioned QuickBooks online. We use PayPal. We use Stripe. We use Teamwork as our project management software that I could not live without. We use Box.com, which is a financial, a bank grade security platform. It's just like Dropbox, but it's called Box.com. And we also use, I mean, we're Google Sheets like crazy. And Google Sheets are really, really useful because what we used to do in Excel, you know, as an accountant, we now do in Google Sheets and we can collaborate in real time with our clients and with our team and things like that. So that's been really helpful. And one tool that we have created, it's a calculator on a Google Sheet where you can enter in the amount of revenue you either made or you expect to make. And then it will automatically calculate what your budget should be for your cost of goods sold, what for your general and administrative expenses and what your marketing should be and then what your profit should be. And what's nice is if you think about it, you have a hundred percent, you know, every dollar you generate in your business is represents a hundred percent. So you get to allocate that based on your business model. So for example, if you say, my cost of goods sold is 40%, then out of every dollar, you should be putting 40 cents into your cost of goods sold bucket. And then what that does is it tells you, can I deliver my product or service for 40 cents on the dollar or 40% of the sale? And if not, then your pricing might be too low or you might need your overpaying team or whatever it may be. So it's just a, a way to help you kind of budget easily and keep your eye on does my business model make sense so that I get that profit percent that I want you're baking it in which gives you the predictable profit in your business nice yeah lots of fun tools I agree and so with that if people want to dive deeper into the subject what is a way that they can do that for free Yeah. Well, we'd love to connect with them. We have a Facebook group. They can come and check us out there. But if you go to our website, thecashflowcfo.com, you can get access to that calculator that I was talking about where it'll, you put in your, your sales number and it'll tell you what your budget should be. You can find out about our Facebook group where we're always talking about all of all things, money and business owner money things. So yeah, we'd love to support your listeners in any way possible. Awesome. 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 So we'll have all those links in the show notes in the description for you to go and browse around and say hello to Andrea and her team. So with that, thank you so, so much for being on the podcast and hope you all have taken at least one of these cash flow strategies and implemented them in, in the next few days. So thanks so much again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the System Save Me podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Saved Me.